He's whiny. <laughs> yeah, like he sounds like such a bitch. Listen, I'm growing the contingency of podcast listeners out here in Austin. I'm doing, I'm doing on the fucking on the streets uh, evangelism, bro. Oh yeah, I should have actually. I forgot to mention the podcast like once the entire. How dare you, bro? We're gonna have to fight for that. That's crazy. I need you to be. You're doing BD for the podcast too. Don't forget. I know, man. I really, uh, you know. In fairness, half the people you met already know about the podcast. That's the thing, and the people who don't know about the podcast, I don't think are going to be the people who are going to start listening. To yeah, the podcast I'll let it slide right? because like, you know, like the the fashion designers, uh, writers, I, they don't really tend to listen. Writers to like it. I'm writers a writer. Like yeah, of course, we're hilarious. They like Maybe. our prose. They like our tweets. They like our prose. Yeah, they like our extremely well flowing filler words. They like yes. the fact. They like the fact that well, I can talk pros. continuously for thirty seconds while saying absolutely nothing. What and else like is pros? Sort of a radio, a radio announcer filler voice, right? Like this is. I've taken the concept of anime filler episodes and applied them vocally at a level that nobody really expected would ever be possible. That's the peak of writing, if you think about it. No, listen. That's my writing too. Actually, that was the number one complaint about my writing in uh, like <laughs> just high school. Just in high school, they were like. You have managed to take a very, very small point and expand it into two thirds of a page. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I see. I just usually did that, but I would spiral off on my own topic. I've had a few of the, this seems more like an essay about this than what I've asked you to write about. I'm like, well, listen, all right. I, you told me to write and I'm writing. I do think it's extremely hilarious that I wound up receiving like uh like insane criticism over the lack of structure of my writing and the, the general, like, because you know, my writing tone is not different than my speaking tone. I basically write exactly the same way as I speak, including the filler words, right? Like I'll say like all the time when I'm writing, because I feel that it's fraudulent to not do so. Mm. Uh, everyone would say that's completely retarded. It's not it's fraudulent retarded, to take yeah. out unnecessary bullshit <laughs> words that I have In to fact, read. In fact, one would right? say that that's like preferred. They would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody wants me to take them out, but uh, I gotta be me, bro. And uh, this was the main complaint that all of the uh, all of the teachers that I had in like high school and early college had about my writing. And now this is the thing that causes everyone to go like, oh, you have extremely... Uh, accessible writing right accessible. like right like there's no retard who couldn't read what you write and understand it and you know, uh, yeah this has now become like an extreme boon because i can go and write about like somewhat complex medical subjects and have people basically say like oh i fucking get it like you made you made this thing that i would never normally care about interesting and understandable mm -hmm. well that's the thing see they're trying to teach you to write in an academic context and i have spent years since college trying to undo that and, you know, it takes a long time to get back to your, you never fell for the trap is the, pro, is the good, you know, I guess that's not a problem. That's a good thing. I do. I do agree with the idea that you sort of need to know the rules before you start breaking them willy nilly. And I think that I probably don't know the rules in the ways that a, uh, in the way that an actually good writer would like delicious tacos is a great example of somebody who like clearly knows the rules and is intentionally fucking with them. And yeah. I am someone who, uh, you know, about half the time I'm breaking them because like I know what I'm breaking and about half the time I'm breaking it because I don't know what the fuck the rule is in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
it's like I don't know. It's it's something that I I don't really care that much about because I'm, I'm never going to be like a great long form writer. It's not something that I'm trying to do with my life. The goal of anything that I write is essentially to make make a subject that is a little more technical or uh, you know inaccessible, interesting, and readable for an audience of just total normies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a similar. Well, I don't know if I say for total normies. I do try to do that, but I, I in reality I don't because. That's just, uh, mine's more like make complicated, talk about complicated shit in ebonics. <laughs> that's my, that's funny. <laughs> that's my thing. And I don't know not. if there's any, I don't know if there's any complicated stuff that I ever really want to, uh, super hard touch. It seems most of the time, uh, the goal with talking about complicated stuff is to, try and drop enough of the in-group words so that people who are like technically in the field know that you actually understand what you're talking about. But also, yeah. like, you know, like I think something that we probably fucked up a lot uh, earlier on in the episode, like this was, this was a failing of my ability to convey information to normal people is I never explained who Miles was. There's a lot of people who just don't know who Lord Miles is. And I talked for a fairly long segment there about Lord Miles, right? But he's obviously the guy who was detained by the Taliban in Afghanistan for eight months. He's like, you know, somewhat famous for traveling the world, doing a bunch of, uh, you know, like he basically just saw all the dangerous parts of the world and said, what if I just go there? Like what happens? Yeah. Uh, and he, he became famous for that. Right. But I just mentioned Lord Miles or Miles or something and, uh, forgot as a complete failing of empathy. It wasn't actually a failing of empathy. As I was telling the story, I thought you should really explain this to yourself. But then I was like, if I go back and I try and do that right now, I'm going to forget the rest of the story. So I should just tell it. And then, uh, and then explain at the end who Miles is. And then I forgot. So I think uh, it I wasn't a failing of empathy. That. It was a failing of memory. No, no. There's also like me. I I attempted to pull more information out, but then you're like, ah, uh, I think I'm not supposed to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the other thing, that. the other thing is that he did say, uh, you know, like I don't, I don't want to go like broadcast like everything that he said about shit because we were hanging out all day, and I don't know what was like good and what was mm -hmm. not good. Uh, exactly. It's, it's like it's like his life, right? Like he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have some like retarded podcaster guy like go and like give the full rendition of his life. Well, what we if just, we got him on our podcast and he did a full rendition himself? Yeah. I mean, I don't really like, I was kind of just trying to talk to him like a normal guy. I think no, he I gets, got that. But you know, now like, you've he, already, he built gets, rapport. Well, he just has so many people who want to come up to him and just like talk to, talk to him and like have him tell like a story just to say like, Oh, like I talked with miles. He told me about this crazy shit. And like, uh, I kind of just wanted to like, bro around with the dude a little right? no i get like, that i feel like he really doesn't fucking get well now it's weeks later it is weeks. it is weeks later and now and we you have build rapport. rapport no you have more rapport now nah, you're nah, asking nah. me these questions oh disavow he's like hey miles you just do a soft pitch just like no, i don't i don't want to i really don't want to clout chase miles uh fine fine I, fine I mean i like i think having him on the podcast would be fun but like uh i don't think we need to talk about like you know, like, I, I don't think, no, we I don't want to like, necessarily talk about the, the Taliban thing. Cause oh, it's yeah. been done. I just want to have him on the podcast. We never stay on topic. That's the first thing. Absolutely. So there's yeah. no chance we'd even, the Taliban thing probably wouldn't even get brought up, you know? So that is there's also no why way I feel it get brought up. But it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it would get deviated off of very quickly. And we'd probably get an argument about, I don't know, like whatever the fuck. So I, we did, we I, did get a picture with him in the Romelia Black Ops shirt, which which was extremely epic. Nice. 
See, this is why I don't really feel bad about asking people on if they kind of, I mean, because like, I just know we aren't really, we don't stay on topics and we definitely ask questions. So other people the reason, the reason that I would feel bad is like, I don't like asking people to come on when it's expected that like, you know, cause for people who know us, they know that they don't have to be the main bringer of content, right? Like they know that we can fucking talk for an unlimited amount of time. But yeah. when you ask someone who you're not like turbo familiar with to come on, there's this sense that they feel a pressure that like you're asking them to come on as like the main event and they're going to have to like uh, be yeah. on their A game and they're going to have to be interesting and all of this other stuff. And it's like, uh, it's hard to explain to people like, no, like we can actually just like full carry ourselves and you can do whatever you want. Like you could be sitting there uh, like petting your cat. You could like go around, water your plants. You could be eating uh it honestly doesn't really like we would prefer that you come in and have a fun time but like if you don't want to like it's not like you know not the end of the world yeah yeah it's not it's not the end of the world and it's not like you're going to wind up in a situation where people are going to be like uh clipping this everywhere and saying oh my god like they were so embarrassing listen to this part where they didn't fucking say anything because they're so boring right like we have like uh not enough listeners for that to ever happen for now for now it is interesting too how like uh, we keep gaining listeners, but I don't think a lot of them go back to the older episodes. No, I'm actually well, yes and no. So like there are some like hyper fans. There's some very yes, dedicated yes. people, but it seems like they've mostly been women actually. Yes, like, that's what I'm saying. Like we're getting like yeah. new, we're getting new fans that are we're getting we're starting to get the like core fans, and they were like women, and then like random people who are like, oh, I actually started listening around like a lot of them started listening around the uh, Z episode. Right, which is like forty something, yeah. And they're like, "Ah, eh, I was bored. I put on your older episodes, and those were pretty good." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. We've been good from day one." Is the thing we're fucking. Well, this is prodigies. the thing that's always been we're very, very, prodigies. very confusing. I, I do think that yeah, we were. Uh, you know, I think that actually, I'd be kind of interested to go back and listen to some of our early episodes and just compare, uh, like the diction, like the way that we deliver points, stuff like that. Certainly, the audio quality or whatever is going to be worse. But I wonder if there's like. Uh, you know, like, because if you've listened to your saved Telegram voice messages for like, uh, over, over, like, you know, from 2018 or 2017 or something like that, like you speak extremely differently. I wonder if there's any of that that's gone on. I think what's changed more is that we know each other's v- rhythm more. I do agree. We interrupt like, so we each other just, a lot fucking less. Yeah, we have a better understanding of when the other person is going to go on tangents and stuff. So I think the earlier ones is just like our timing is off with one another. But I don't think the content's less interesting you know yeah i agree with that it's funny how there's like a uh a built-up like understanding of uh you know like each other's minds within the context of like the audience right too where like i can understand that uh like there's gonna be like one of us that has to explain like a given character from like a given story and we'll both know like uh which person it should be now Mm-hmm, like in exactly. the miles thing like it was it was understood that like you were going to be the one pulling out like who the miles thing is or like directing mm-hmm. it towards that it's really weird like there's there's a lot of stuff that i guess people don't usually think about if they're just like a pure observer to this stuff but like when you start doing any sort of like video or audio form content you start looking at the way that other people do it and so you see stuff like joe rogan and you realize that like uh you know, like nobody's going to say that Joe Rogan is like some sort of uh, genius prodigy, probably. But like, there is definitely an extreme art to the way that he guides conversation and that he pulls people around and gets them to talk about things because he's shaping things in a way that like the viewer is going to be able to understand and follow. And he's mm-hmm. very good at taking guests who have sort of nonlinear thought processes and beating it into like a linear path 
that can be understood and digested by like the total average normie person, right? And that is very much so like a form of genius. It's not something that like I could take uh, like a 140 IQ surgeon and sit him down and have him do that, right? I, I know because I've like, you know, th- we did this meme actually where we did like on the fly podcast a lot in Lisbon. And like, it's very hard for people actually to go and create things that are going to be like followable. Yeah. And we're, like we're not, I'm, I'm not saying that we're like good at it actually. Like I'm extremely, we are good at it. We, but we I'm, are good at it. Well, I'm extremely like, fractal in what i talk about like i have like 87 branches it's very uh like i I have a very non-linear description of any story that i'm telling uh but i have gotten better at it right over the course of the last like year year and a half or something like that uh and joe rogan has always been pretty good at it well he has a very linear thought process to begin with which helps yeah and he also is good at like he does he, he talks he's been hosts of a lot of shows he does live commentary so he has a strong understanding of not only what he's saying, but also how it's being perceived, the all that kind of stuff, right? And that's something you only get with practice. And this is definitely like... It's something it's you a, only it's get a, with feedback too, right? And like feedback you, you too, need, yeah. You need the audience to be telling you what they do or don't get because like you can kind of... Like, you know, if you have like a live studio audience, you can kind of fucking get where they're at by like facial expression or like what they're saying or something. But like, this is the thing. You go to a tech conference... And you try and read uh, like how people are interpreting what you're saying based on the reactions. These people don't fucking emote, bro. They like don't. I've spoken, I've spoken at like uh, you know at my old job. Like I speak at a conference. I speak at like an industry uh, thing. Uh, I go up on a panel. Like I can tell exactly how something is hitting because these are all like uh, you know the people who go to these conferences are normally like salespeople, business development guys, uh, like normie like industry customers. And you're like, oh, like, okay, these are normal people who deal with other people frequently in a front facing way. And they mm-hmm. have normal functioning facial muscles that like respond to emotions. Uh, and at tech conferences, like I think something about sitting in front of the screen all day, maybe not talking to people as much. Uh, they, they genuinely like are not as uh, emotive of an audience. As yeah, these other they're, people, they're doing are. that like mental laugh or the mental like. Yeah, it's like, like the yeah. thing of the the guy who's going through like uh, laughing, crying, reacting every single one of your messages messages in the group chat. But you look over at him and he's completely fucking stone cold, like monotone, like there's no facial expression whatsoever. But he's yeah. like going through and he's responding like all caps, like LMFAO. That's literally like, me, by the shit. way. That's me <laughs> in every situation. There, there was a time where I was I was sitting in the house with Sila and. uh he did that and he went through and he like, he, he literally did the LMFAO and then he like laughing, crying, reacted to it. And I said like, I just watched this bastard like absolutely straight facedly do that. Like there was <laughs> not a single ounce of emotion on his face as he said that he's a fraud and a liar. I would probably not trust any future reactions. From the only thing that makes me laugh out loud is my own writing, like my own, <laughs> my own yeah, trolling is, and my own that's, tweets. <laughs> that's the other thing is I'm constantly <laughs> giggling when I'm writing anything. And it's, this is the worst part is it's not just when I'm tweeting. It's like, it's the same exact way when I'm doing basically any communication back and forth with people outside of like, and I don't try and communicate like this too. So it, it, this rarely happens, but outside of like the extremely explicit, like business communication of like call call at 7 PST reminding, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I think the last thing I know I verbally laughed at was, uh, there was a discussion about, would you eat a dog? Right. Given whatever. And the, one of the people were like, Oh, I need a meat dog, like a dog made for specifically for meat purposes. And then I was like, you know, the, the conversation devolved a bit. People were like, I was like, no, a lot of people were like, no, I'd never eat a dog, irrespective of the circumstance. 
And then I was like, listen, I would never eat a dog, but I'd absolutely eat a cat. Fuck cats. Right. And, you know, the conversation continues to evolve. They're like, oh, Verge, you seem like you'd be a cat person. You had trauma growing up. The way you feel about cats, the way you feel about women. If you don't like cats, you're an incel. Da da da. And I was like, listen here. Um, I would eat, I would absolutely eat uh not only a cat, but also uh, a woman prior to eating a dog. Like uh, in the apocalypse, my dog, like if I had to choose a woman or a cat in the apocalypse over my dog, it's the dog every single time. So anyway, the point was, uh, I don't even remember why I laughed. I lost my entire fucking plot here. But there was something I said that was uh, very funny in the time and it's fucking GG's now. It's gone. I've been, t- I've been talking too long. I, don't I believe to, you. I'm sorry. I, I, got, I got interrupted by a call there that just totally beat no, you're good. my audience. No, no, no. I think it's... But, uh, I, I missed the whole part. The, the whole... Actually, I remember the joke now. In the middle of the conversation, they were talking about how, like, I used to say hole. I'm not funny anymore. I don't call women holes anymore. I'm like, yeah. listen, holes are funny. That, that's a ter- that term will always be funny. I'm just not as uh, angry as I used to be because uh, I've, I've healed as a person. Okay. But the funny part of the bit was, like, I would, like... I was... In the apocalypse, I'd save a dog over a hole or any day, but it was a callback. Doesn't really matter anymore. It's GG's. I fucked it up. I've been Leave really, here, though, I've so been really, really, really tempted to, uh, to just full on like be homo posting with like the Silas shit overall, and like this as opposed to your normal posting, which is how is that different from normal homo posting? I, I really deeply <laughs> like. I want to just go full bath mode in terms of like oh, like only men can like truly love or some shit like that. Uh, it's on brand. And just like bait bait everyone into like, because it's like, you know, I do like uh, joking homosexual stuff, but like, I think it would be funny to do such like, uh, like elaborate, like romanticized copes that it's like, oh, this, this dude might actually be like deeply closeted. Like this might be like, <laughs> you know, like make it like a super, uh, super legitimate thing. And, Only men can uh, feel love. W- women can't feel love because they can't model the male brain. They're only in love with themselves. I don't know. Something could, there's, like there's, that. There's, I, definitely I mean, a, there's definitely a thread there. I, well, I think a lot of it is just like my extreme Judaism coming out in that I had a lot of interactions with men over this that involved business. And uh, I'm starting to equate like business with love, which is like a very... That is the Jewish, the most Jewish thing I've ever heard. It, I don't know if it's Jewish. I think it's like... I don't know. But I, I think this is the thing where guys... Uh, it's sort either of Jewish off, or uh, Austrian. It's some kind yeah. of Austrian. <laughs> it's only, only two options, bro. <laughs> I, I think this is how people sort of go off the rails a little bit in terms of like, uh, you know, because I, a while ago, I thought like, okay, like I need, uh, I need a number, right. For when I can, I can like chill out, right. Like what's my number of money that I can have? And I'll be like, this is enough. Uh, and then as I got closer to the number, the number doubled, right. <laughs> yeah. It will and, do that. And, uh, I'm now coming up with these like increasingly, weird justifications for like why i might need more uh and like well like can i really start a family if i don't have at least this much because i need to take half of it to like guarantee like a really good quality of life for my family but then like i still need some to be like risk on right like i don't want to be like uh you know like if i fuck up and i like screw everything over i don't want to like jeopardize my family's uh lifestyle right yeah. You know, like I should be able to burn my full stack off and have it not impact my wife and kids so i need at least this much else. And, uh, and the number only gets bigger and the number only gets bigger. And then it's like, am I just coping for like not wanting to, you know, because I was like, well, I don't, the reason that I don't want to start a family now is because like, I don't want to, uh, 
I, I don't want to uh, settle down because I don't feel that I have enough money. And then it's like, well, like, that's like, it's like objectively not true. Like I'm objectively financially fine to start a fairly large family. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, always I, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's like, like, it's half real, half cope. Like to have the family with also like the security and stuff, you are correct. However, you're you're ignoring the whole like twenty years of runway you have before. I think you know, you know what I mean. I think, like you have at least ten. I think that to- like looking at it in terms of money is actually a little bit retarded of me. And like the reason that I feel this way is because I feel like I haven't like hit the end game yet, right? Like I feel like everything that I've done financially in my life, I've sort of uh, been living in other people's nests, right? Like I've. I've made money by being helpful to other people's companies, other people's ventures. But it's like, you know, like uh, Open Exchange isn't mine. Uh, it's it's the founders. It's theirs. And like I made money off of it, but I didn't make like I didn't make the thing. I wasn't like the one who was like in charge of operations or anything like that. Like same with Romelia. Mm-hmm. Like I I love Romelia. I love working with them and helping it. But it's Charlie's, right? It's Charlie's baby. And I'm just sort of chilling in the nest. Uh, and if there's any sort of like a creative disagreement, like it's his, I have no actual control over it. And like, there are yeah. large, there are large blind spots that I have to the entire business where like, I just, I just have no fucking idea what's going on there. So, uh, I, you should, that's why you should focus on this thing here and use this considering the infinite, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I clearly, resourceless I clearly need to have my own generation. Nest. And I don't know, I don't know which one of the like five things that I have my hands on. I want to uh, go full in on that to do. Mm. I mean, you could basically do them all simultaneously. You have no other obligations in life. That's pretty much that's pretty much what I've been doing, and it is fun to realize that, like, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't figure out how they work until you've unlocked like enough of the map, right? Like until you've until you've uh, lit up like fifty percent of the nodes. And you can start see how seeing how everything gets connected and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm realizing a lot of this stuff with like the uh, the way that companies invest in other companies or get equity through other companies or like you know how uh, you know how like it's it's like how you get exposure in companies by investing in Coinbase because Coinbase has invested in these other companies that have invested in companies that have that have equity stakes in other companies, uh, and then you uh-huh. realize like oh how did they even get connected to those people in the first place? And then you you start seeing like which VC networks they get plugged into and how the deal flow moves around in there. And you start being like, oh, like that, that's how that's how any of this shit works. Like that's like the the mutual back scratching, like you mm-hmm. do this, maybe you take a loss here because you realize that in the future they're going to uh you know, they're going to be helpful for you. They're going to forward you these resources that you might not otherwise find, or just like, you know, basic shit. Like if you want to release a supplement line right now, uh the reason that not everybody in the entire universe has a supplement line is because it's really fucking hard to do the backend fulfillment and packaging for supplements, right? Like if you want to go out and just buy a bunch of powder, yeah, you can do that. Anyone, anyone can find a fucking powder supplier. Uh, mm. But the issue is that like, let's say you want to buy the powder, you want to put it in labeled bottles, you want to have somebody measure out the correct dosages in like the pills that you're filling and not like, 10 times overdose whatever you're putting in there and like fuck everybody up uh and then like individually package and ship them yeah like 
there are very like if you you basically have to have inside industry connections in order to find somebody who isn't going to skim you for like fucking 60 percent of your revenue mm-hmm. so yeah uh, skimming also like you know especially if it's a uh, supplements you don't want any like uh what's the word like contaminations and shit like that there's yeah, a lot and of you like can shunt a lot of this off onto your suppliers in terms of liability right like but that also costs money because liability basically is money liability can just be thought of as uh you know, like depreciating a, assets, depreciating assets, or like bank uh, potential debt. I don't know. Isn't the whole? I was going to say like that the liability is basically a. Uh, it's basically an average of outliers that gets applied to every product in a chain, right? So if people know that one of their packing employees is, is going to fuck up in a way that gets them hit with a lawsuit that they're going to have to settle out every like 10,000 bottles or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Then they're going to say, okay, like what does this cost us? And then we're going to double it for like some sort of buffer, right? Uh, so th- that's basically how like liability functions as money. It's the same thing with like consulting firms or something like that, right? Like why, why do you go to Deloitte as opposed to some sort of niche industry specifics? Uh, consultant if you if you know that the industry specific person is likely going to be a lot better for your specific niche like they have a better track record they have people who are like more uh more hands-on within that very specific thing but like the board of your company is going to be questioning why you went with this small unknown consultancy instead of a big Mm -hmm. well-known one and so like you're basically buying the liability of like you not getting ousted from the c-suite by the board because yeah. you pick Deloitte instead of random consulting company that costs yeah. less and is better. Yeah, a little bit of a that's the what's the word? Not I was gonna say legacy, but that's not what I mean. A little bit like, cl- yeah, I mean clout. It's clout. Yeah, it's it's downside mitigation in a social sense, basically. Like mm-hmm. anytime you do a non, and this is the other thing that I'm realizing with a lot of really fucking big businesses is, uh so much of it is just driven by like, what is the safe option? Like what is going yeah, to be the most understandable option to uh, total normies, right? And like, you can come in and you can do like weird Rambo stuff if you want, but you have to always hit. Like the fucking instant that one of your weird Rambo decisions fucks up, you just get like piled on by everybody who wants you to like go away because like they don't like Mavericks in like big industry. <laughs> They yeah. don't like, they don't like the weird guys. Like you're supposed to get, you're supposed to go fuck off to Founderland if you want to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's why, that's what they whores are like, oh, when you're small, you can pivot fast and da, 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 move fast, break shit. That whole thing. Yeah. Move fast, break shit is also extremely, extremely funny when you think about like, uh, FTX. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> like, did break like, shit and move really fast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also think it's so, like he basically destroyed the entire term effective altruism, right? Like it's now thought oh, of as I'm so like, glad, it's a, by the way. It's a curse word. But like it was a curse word to me the whole time. All these fucking losers. Anyway, sorry, continue. I, I don't even I, I'm getting heated. I, I'm feeling the heat in my in my fucking loins right now. My jowls. The, dude, the I'm I'm gonna them. say like the uh the the gayest, most Reddit thing of all time here, but like the effective altruism shit is like uh it definitely appeals to like the Austrian part of my brain. That's just like purely like, yeah, like, I'm sure max, like totally devoid of like any sense of spirituality. Like it just like absolutely like total based materialism in the sense of like inputs being less than the outputs. So result good. Right. Like that's, that's something that like, uh, I kind of got along with. And like, if I were, 
I don't want to like, I could understand very easily how Sam Bankman fried wound up in the situation that he was in. Uh, I like, I think I've had enough experiences in my life now to understand, like you have to look ahead at least a few steps to understand where the series of like events that you're, uh, dealing with is going to take you. And I think it was sort of predictable uh, at a certain point where he was going to wind up if he continued down that path, right? But I really do think that it was like he made one small bad decision that led to like another small bad decision that like, you know, for probably oh, yeah, for probably yeah. 80% of the time he was sitting there, he could have unfucked it. And then there was one, oh, yeah. there was a point somewhere. I don't know exactly where the line was. but It's never did. one thing. It's a, it's a accumulation yeah. of small errors. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a uh, hundred companies doing shell shit and routing through one another that you and get you have like four uh, employees <laughs> and you're sleeping with all of them and, and you're, you're operating out of a, you're operating out of a Google drugs. spreadsheet. Like, yeah, the amount all, of error is magnified. And I'm going to say something also that like, I haven't seen people, uh, I haven't seen people give this take, but like, I really do think he kind of got groomed into this shit. Maybe I'm taking away too much of his agency here, but like his family had all of these, like his family had all of these oh, big the connections yeah. with all of these people. And like, I think what happened is that he got put in meetings by his maybe mom or dad or, you know, some sort of familial connection. He got put into meetings with these people who had some political goal that they wanted to accomplish by using FTX. And I think that he didn't have a good enough understanding of how the deal structure was being made to like know that he was getting fucked, right? Like this is something that I'll find. I'll make a deal with somebody and it'll be, if, if it's somebody like 20 years more experienced than me, I come out of it like six months later realizing, oh, like they, they really fucking hoodwinked me in a way where like they put all the liability on me and took no risk for themselves. Uh, and like, maybe it didn't, like it didn't wind up mattering, but like if something bad had happened, like I would have been very fucked, right? Uh, so like experienced business people can totally do this to like young guys like him, like me. And he could have basically just been hoodwinked by a bunch of very experienced actors into doing a lot of shit that he didn't really understand at all. And if people like, you know, you just have your mom or dad or, oh yeah, this guy's good. Just like trust him or whatever. Like, you know, and like the mom and oh, dad. I absolutely believe that that's involved. In, yeah. In and like the mom and dad likely have an incentive to like almost fuck their son over. Because yeah. like there are these people that they have like longstanding relationships with. And it's like they obviously want to like help their kid or whatever. But like, uh, you know, if you're if you're also saying like, oh, if he does this, like we'll give you this much money or we'll give you this property or something like I think there's a good chance that the people they were dealing with knew how to incentivize everyone in the equation towards uh, fucking Sam over. Yeah, of course. I mean, like you want to put the live like I'm sure in all those backdoor deals and the, the, this and that they were putting the liability on him and also he's willing to leverage up a million times over yeah. and take that liability because he's it, he'd been, it'd yeah, been like, i mean that's he's like time. a great he's a great guy to manipulate in this situation because his mentality was essentially like whatever it takes right like whatever it fucking yeah. takes and he uh he really just sort of rolled over when he he rolled over speed bumps without uh you know, like he was like, well, that sucks, but I guess we're moving on. Like he just kept fucking going. He didn't really have a lot of time to like pause and like learn the lesson from it. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say that he's like, uh, like totally a, a great guy or whatever. Obviously like with this type of mentality necessarily leads to the type of, uh, response that the market made to FTX. Like these, it, it was basically an inevitability when you have someone like him doing stuff like this. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, 
I do think that there are a lot of periphery actors around SBF who were just about as guilty as him who are not going to be seeing any sort of punishment for this. That oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, they're all... He's going to get, they might not, he's going to be made an example of too. Yeah. Well, and they might like. not, these people might not even be technically wrong. Like a lot of these people might not have technically broken the law. They might've structured deals in such a way that everything they did was legal. But like spiritually, I do think that they fucked him over in a way that fucked over a lot of other people. Right. And he was obviously the last one to touch the thing that fucked everyone over. So he's getting the full brunt of it. But like, yeah, yeah, there were bad actors up and down. hundred percent. I mean, like, it's yeah, I mean like it's naive to only think it's him solo or even just the four of them like Sam what's her face and what's his face the two Sams and Caroline. Like it's it's the multiple layers of fuckery involved but from multiple dimensions and different angles and stuff for sure. Um and yeah, I mean like especially with all the political connects 100%. Also I'm sure there's like beyond just that, I'm sure like agencies three-letter agencies are dealing with him too i'm sure like i know that they were trying he was trying to run legislature shit to like stop to like kick the ladder out from under him for other crypto yeah like, i mean the dude There's the dude was trying to involved. do like 87 different things at the same time and like again i'm he, he's he's not like a retard i'm not gonna say that he's a retard but like he did not have domain expertise in all of these areas that he was touching he frankly did not you can tell when he it's like the thing that surgeons do where uh They'll go out and they'll they'll speak with extreme authority over their area of medicine that they've practiced for 37 years uh, because, you know, they have extreme authority in that region. They they have dealt with it a lot. But then they also tend to expand that same uh, confidence to everything else they speak about. Right. Like I work with a lot of doctors and they do this all the fucking time where, you know, it's like you can be very confident about like, you know, your your heart surgery that you do. But now you're talking about like diet or now you're talking about like cars and you're acting equally as much as an authority on those things when it becomes clear that like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And Sam did the same exact thing where he knew a lot about some stuff, but he got into realms like the politics that he was dealing with. It was very clear that he didn't quite uh he was in over his head, right? Like trying to influence like the Biden admin and shit like that. Like he didn't know how this stuff worked when he would be talking about like, uh, like geopolitics or culture or anything like that. He it, it was just, there's nothing there that was better than like, uh, you know, random anons were significantly ahead where he was at that point. And, yeah. uh, I, I basically think that this stuff happened because he was a little naive, uh, on those well, other, on those course. other domains. That he oh, was yeah, operating I mean, very heavily, yeah. And I mean, he did have his like grand vision for stuff. I don't know. Did you ever see the stuff that his ex-employees were talking about? Like they had some interviews where they would talk about how he had this big plan for like renovating the world, uh, changing everything, starting with FTX, using the funds from there to, uh, I forget what all he wanted to do, but he, he really did have like a cohesive, like uh, terraforming plan for the entire world. But then it winds I mean, up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's I mean, every billionaire does, yeah. It sounds very and big and cool and good, but then you wind day. up seeing how it dies and it's fucking like he bankrupted himself by, uh, you know, like he was the guy who exploited Luna, right? Yeah. So he exploits Luna, which then destroys all of the other funds, which then destroys FTX <laughs> because he didn't understand that like everything during that crypto bull run was like 10x leveraged on itself. So like... <laughs> 
he was like, wow, it's so epic that I like brought this down and I like profited by shorting UST. And then I like, uh, you know, and then I like shorted their coins that I sold while like profiting off of Solana and all of this other stuff. And like, it's like it, it was, but like yeah, you're, you're cascades, but like you too. can't kill all of the counterparties, right? Like you can't financially manipulate the entire market into total destruction because like, uh, you're tied to the market, right? Like you have, you have leverage on the market. Uh, and there was a, you know, there, there were all of these tweets that he put out after the 3AC crash where he said like, uh, this is just the first of many. Like there's a lot of people who are completely destroyed by 3AC and they're just not owning up to it, right? They're not admitting to it. And mm -hmm. uh, it's funny because we now know that at that point he knew he was fucked. So he was yeah. going out and like this, this is the he's reason, shit about, right, this about is the reason to think that he's fucking evil because like he knew 100% at that point that he was fucked and he was going around trying to LARP as like the last responsible adult in the room and take people's money. Like that was, uh, that was definitely not what I would consider to be a moral action. Oh yeah. I mean, Again, it is, I have it's a whole also thing. like it's also like excusable though. Like I'm not saying uh, it, it was great, but like I understand that if you're in a position where like you understand that if people find out how turbo fucked you are, you're literally being fined 100 billion dollars and going to jail for five million years. Like I do understand in that yeah, situation to, why you would start lying. Recap, recap right? losses, yeah. Like everyone can say, "Oh, he's so fucked up. He shouldn't have done that. He should have just been honest." But it's like, what well, do you do the same thing? Because you exactly. Need to get like, let's see, let's Medicaid see you loss. with the gun to your head like that, and let's see if you're going to just lie down and take it or if you're going to try and like weasel your way out because i think most people have enough uh self-preservation instinct that they're going to start yeah. getting like crafty right and it's like he knew that he had a point zero 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 one percent chance and it, to, it was like give it a shot right yeah it's like <sighs> yeah he's definitely gonna do it i think most people would definitely do it and i i fully understand why somebody in that situation would act that way and it's like yeah, they fucked over a lot of people. Uh, yeah, they could have just taken it and it would have been better for everyone. I 100% fully agree. Uh, but at the same time, you're, that's not what, that's not reality. That's not reality. In reality, you try to save your, you try to save your ass when you, when you see the writing on the wall. Especially when you're on stimulants. That's, but yeah, especially, especially when you're on, especially when you're on, yeah, you're on fucking like, uh, narcolepsy, God tier, God tier dosages <laughs> of like seven different stimulants that aren't even like FDA approved for like your condition that you're using them for. Right. Like y y there's just no way that Mr. Cracked out stim guy who's faced with the gun, basically like the biggest gun that Western civilization can point at you. Right. Like saying, mm -hmm saying like we're not just going to uh we're not just going to lock you up you're going to be a debt slave you're going to be publicly maligned across like every single social channel right like people want to say uh like obviously it's not great to go to jail or to like have these massive fines dangling over you but like if you make the entire world hate somebody that's yeah. like you know like you you're Especially, worse, yeah. for, especially for a billionaire dude like you're cutting off he's their entire off. network right he became like he's like the new madoff yeah. Like, like everyone says, oh, your network is your net worth. And this is why billionaires basically never, uh, they, they like, you know, they can lose it all, but they can make it all back. Right. Yeah. But because of that network, too. because the network is like, they have the network of people that can synthesize like a partnership between two or three of the groups they know, start something up and get back on their feet pretty quickly. People know that they have those connections, but now they basically said like, if you work with this guy again, you're a fucking public pariah. Like this guy is mm -hmm. evil. 
right? So now he's basically been descended to like normie status. There's going to be some people I'm sure who would still work with him, but like they clipped his wings publicly. Nobody publicly. Yeah, no publicly. No, they clipped his wings. He might end up. I'm sure he will. I mean, which he probably won't be broke, but he's never going to be what he was if he you know doesn't go to prison for a million years. Yeah, I don't even really know what he wants out of his life, though. Is the thing you know? I like, mean, do you have, have you ever thought about ironically like, what's his might goal? Now get out of. I mean, I'm sure his goal was to be like you know uh, remembered forever in like. He some, said he like, wanted to be president in some interview or some journal or something. I'm sure. Like that. Which but is a little silly, right? Like that's kind of like a, a fourth fourth grader type. Uh, it's like I, I want to be like an astronaut when I grow up. It's I don't like know. You, We've you had already, a billionaire. It's like he already was a billionaire. Like fuck being the president. Yeah. You're a billionaire. I mean, tell that to Trump. Listen, or also even the um. Dude, I think I think Trump just got few, bored, right? That's what I'm saying. He, I mean, if you Sam was the youngest billionaire I don't think ever, Sam was bored. No, no. Right now he wasn't bored, but in ten years he'd probably be bored. Yeah, but I, I don't think he was thinking, oh, I'll be bored in 10 years. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I, I mean, know. he's on a lot of stimulants. So, I mean, I would th- that's what I would be thinking about. It is kind I'm of like, I guess, I guess it is kind of like a Chad goal. Uh, I just said it was kind of like a gay fourth grade thing to think. But like, it's it, gay is, if you it aren't, is sort of funny to be like, okay, like I'm, I've, I've unlocked the rest of this. Like, why not be president of no, the No, if US you can project. unlock president in your skill tree, why not? You know, like I would yeah. do it just because I could. Like there, once you get to the point of success where you're like, oh, I quite literally can become the president. Why? Yeah, let me give it a shot. Well, you know, it just why, seems why that not? it has such low uh, return on investment, right? Like it does, but you're remembered for you're immortal, though. You basically do become immortalized in American, uh, and that's the more yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about yeah, the I actual. Yeah, I guess that's a fair way to do it. You do definitely go down. You know, like I think the average president is going to go down harder in history books than like the average billionaire, right? Like Bezos 100%. is going to have much more money than Trump, but like I think Trump is probably going to have more historical mentions, right? There's going to be more people tagging him historically in uh, like the only thing that like stuff. keeps the billionaires from like, if you think about it, I mean, like unless you're Rockefeller, but even like. To an extent, Rockefeller. It's like those foundations you start naming shit after yourself. Da 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 da. But a lot of people, by the time, well, what, a few years, like 50, 20 years go by, people don't even know who you are. You go to a museum that's named after some billionaire and you're like, I don't know. It's this fucking, this, it's this thing. Whereas even like the most no name presidents, like the, the average sixth grader, uh, or not the average, but a, a, a good portion of sixth graders know like fucking. I don't know. I no, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? The like a random president. Yeah, Um, the immortalization is way more. I will say though, I feel like the billionaire class should be figuring out a way to immortalize themselves a little bit better. Like we've had, I think Elon sort of gets it in the sense that like you've you've got to do something else, right? You've got to do some sort of big. you know, like you're talking, you're talking about, yeah, like Elon being the the space miner, like Elon coming from a family of uh, asteroid miners or something like that, where all yeah, of gem his miners to be an astronaut, miner, right, yeah. right, yeah, like his his family mined diamonds or whatever or gems, and now his uh, businesses are all giving him. You know, he wants to go to he wants to build the space company with the rockets. He wants to build the battery company with Tesla. Like he wants to do the boring company that's the miners. Like he's everything that he's going for here is making. Uh, battery-powered asteroid miners, right? So if mm. if we're correct about Elon's grand plan here, I think that he's actually going to do it. He's going to go and he's going to mine his way to total so, human uh, immortalization, yeah. right? 
maybe he's going to mine, uh, he's going to mine an asteroid. He's going to do like, uh, you know, like the Greek sculptors, they would chisel away everything to reveal the sculpture within the marble. He's going to do that yeah. with the asteroid and he's going to turn every a asteroid diamond statue. <laughs> into, a, into a perfect rendition of Elon's face, right? The, all of space, all of space around oh, Earth nice. is going to be 100 billion Elon Orbiting rock, right? diamond yeah, 100 and gold kilometers and in radius. Uh, and th there's just going to be like, yeah, it's going to have like diamonds for eyes. He'll have like golden grills. Uh, That's sick. I, would, I, would, I support that. I, and then he uses what? What's his internet thing? Uh, uh, Starlink. Starlink, right? He's going to use Starlink, and he's going to have hours of the day where he's going to have space cameras that are going to just broadcast. Uh, his face. You know, like a, yeah, they're <laughs> going to broad, broadcast really high resolution pictures of the asteroid Elon faces. I love that. See, man knows how to be immortal. That's that's what he wants to be the fucking the crown prince of the uh, of the interstellar interplanetary American Empire. You know, that's what. I mean, it's not, Amer not American Empire, but it will be an American Empire. The global the Empire. The global, yeah, yeah, yeah. global Empire, yeah. Um, it you know, is that's, funny. We all know what we meant there. We don't... We, we don't all know what we meant there, but we also understand who's going to be in charge of this. Like, let's, yeah. like, why are we... Let's not pretend that Europe, fucking Portugal, is going to run the global empire. We know what's going on. It's America and that's be a new the Chinese are... It's, it's, not, it's <laughs> not the Jews. It's not the Dutch. It's not the wasps running everything. It's the Portuguese. The fucking Portuguese, man. They, it started, all started they, with the slave trade, and now everyone. they're running the global yeah, empire. They, well, they've tricked everybody into thinking that they're not running it because they're so lazy that you think, well, there's no way these people could be fucking running anything. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but uh, that was that was their. Well, they've earned their laziness. Yeah, that was their extremely empathic play, right? They knew that nobody would ever suspect them if they acted like that, and they've hoodwinked all of us. They're very, uh, very cunning geniuses. Those I do Portuguese. think though. I, I do think though that if Elon, like, even if he isn't like the asteroid miner that we want him to be, I think with his purchase of Twitter, he's sort of like, uh, you know, like I, I'm not gonna say it's on the same level as being like a president or whatever, but like, uh, if he had continued posting on Twitter and using it in the way that he had envisioned when he first bought it, before he basically realized that it's like an extremely entrenched political tool. That yeah. the regime is not going to like give up and just let him do whatever the fuck he wants with. Uh, I think I think he basically had the right idea, right? Like, obviously he was wrong about Twitter, but like he was trying to do the cool thing. He's now realized it's impossible, and again, it is like an entrenched piece of the regime that can't be like fucked with in the way that he wanted to. But I think that he did want to do something very, very, very fucking cool, and now he's like, you know, he's failed. There's not. Uh, He's realizing that what he wanted yeah, was impossible, but like, I think he still has the vision. I think he still has the dream. I don't think his spirit got crushed and he's probably going to try and find some other way to the change wheel, the world in the way that he wants. And he did still actually have like a very big effect on all this, right? Like by, oh, allowing, 100%. by allowing people to circulate these live leak tier videos just on the open clear net over Twitter uh, with just like a graphic image warning or some shit like that of all this war stuff, like... You know, that that probably did more to undermine uh, propaganda credibility than fucking COVID, yeah. honestly. Like that, it's been it's been like a really immediate destruction in like what people trust and don't. COVID like destroyed regime credibility uh, over the course of like two or three years. This has been like, whoop, like instant rug pull. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Elon's going to be, I mean, I, I think he's already in like Rockefeller tier, like you know, like, uh, as far as like memor memorable rich people, 
It's just a question of if he can get the the immortalization, like the long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I hope I hope he isn't just Reddit spaceman forever. Uh, I mean, he's not, about the like, Antichrist. The I'm not saying that because I love Elon, but I am saying that basically because like he has the potential to do it, right? He has the potential to genuinely be like a uh, like a world historical, truly like pivotal figure for things. He seems to be barking naturally up like the right rungs, and like I do think that he's obviously like. You know, I don't, I don't think you can get to like turbo billionaire level without having to make like a few very big, very concrete compromises on stuff. But like yeah. he's the first one now who's actually like even entertaining ideas on the other side. Right. Like, yeah, do we, we really don't have billionaires who are willing to touch any of the like political issues that he is. And he's made everything no, so much all, more yeah. interesting because before it was basically like total billionaire class alignment on every single social issue ever and all of them controlled every platform. And now it's like him coming out and saying this stuff has made a lot of stuff just acceptable because now you have somebody of that class. Like effectively, one of the elites is saying the naughty things now, right? Which is yeah. making all of the yeah. other naughty things like, okay, you can say them without being immediately relegated to like peasant class. Mm-hmm. Because you have at least one to point to. Yeah. At least one billionaire to point to. Yeah. There's, there's, and it's like the loudest billionaire by a massive order of magnitude. And he's saying it on the platform that he bought specifically to say it. To say it, yeah. You know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how it progresses for sure. Um, I think it's going to yeah. be downhill. Everything, everything that he does touch tends <laughs> it's all like, fucking over. It, it does tend to get <laughs> slow rugged. Like I, but like, it's fun, right? It's it's at least something to think about or something to talk about. But everything has to die. Every kingdom has to eventually uh, have its fall, right? But Twitter was fun while it lasted. There's always going to be like a new frontier for discourse or whatever the fuck. So I'm not super worried. And people who can build platforms can build platforms anywhere. But uh. I don't think that Twitter is going to make like an epic giga comeback. Although there is a good chance if he starts doing like heavily implemented frictionless financialization, like he starts adding in banking or stuff like that, he starts allowing payments. Uh, that would be a very good play. I mean, he is. I think he's already agreed, said he's, he was doing. He's it, trying right? to, yeah. But this is also this is something that I'm learning a little bit more about. Uh, he's he's going to get. St- they're going to try and uh, stalwart him a little bit with the payment processing stuff, I think. Of course, uh, of course. He's, he has too many fucking... He's, he's in control of too many vectors. that you got to slow him down a bit. But this is something that is going to happen more in the future, where like basically every single social media site was designed ground up as an information gathering platform, right? Like Discord was... The guy who fucking made Discord, like his previous project was like a, a literal... Uh, like info gathering platform that he got like, I think he got sued for it actually because he didn't like in the terms and conditions, he didn't tell users that he was collecting the data that he was collecting. And then they found out that he was and he got fucked for it. So his next project, he made a very, very comprehensive terms and conditions that made very clear that everything was going to be uh, given over to Discord and they were going to have access to it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the, the basic business model for Discord was we're going to sell your information. That's the business model for, you know, most of the freeware that's existed. But we've gotten Mm. to the point now where there are so many people selling information that the cost of information has really come down. And it's no longer like, 
it's no longer covering like the server fees for these businesses, right? So you can basically either do ads or you can do subscription services. But the way mm. in which, uh, like if you wanted to design a social media platform right now, ground up, you would obviously want to implement some sort of financialization where you can like link your bank account. WeChat is a great example of this. The, the chat in China, they did this. They mm. have uh, the ability to like, you know, basically everybody uses it for everything. They pay their rent. They use it as Venmo. Like it's, and like you have the ability to like skim the fees out of that shit. And like mm-hmm. that should be how your um, platform makes money as opposed to hoping that people subscribe to fucking Discord Nitro. I mean, you have to consider you, also the following that like Jack who made Twitter also made Square and he wasn't able to combine the two, which makes me think that there is definitely a reason why he couldn't do it easily. You know, like I suspect that, I mean, Elon obviously made PayPal, so it's a similar type of thing, but uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of red tape involved that he can, that it's the bank stuff gets really, really weird. There's a lot of gatekeeping that goes on with like visa and MasterCard partnerships. And there's a lot of just like general, uh, you know, like, you know how like a lot of places won't accept American express cards. Yeah. Do you know why? Uh, I thought it was because of fees. Yeah, it's it's because whenever you go and you pay with a credit card, there's a credit card processing fee, right? And people assume that it's going to be like three cents or some shit like that. It's actually fucking like two to three percent of the total value of the purchase. It's enormous. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So and that's with like Visa or MasterCard. With American Express, it's even higher. So merchants just say, no, we don't accept this card. Because like, you know, you take two to 3% of the, the total cost yes. and that's usually going to be more than 10% of the total like profit that mm-hmm. the merchant is actually making on whatever goods they're selling. Uh, it's just fucking enormous. So like there's, uh, there's, there's a big market now for people who want to come in and uh, lower oh, those fees, I, I, right? I heard the smirk in your voice. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately heard the smirk. <laughs> I, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with some people who uh, might be might be working to lower this. Uh huh. Yes, for sure. We keep your keep your ears to the ground. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Audience. And it, it would obviously it would obviously be something you would want to get involved in, right? If you uh, you knew because I mean, <laughs> yeah. just think think about the daily volume of credit card transactions. Think about the total amount of dollars spent. Now think about skimming. You know, if there's if there's a company out there that says we can decrease your fees even by like five uh, percent, but what if a company came out and said we can decrease them by half? It seems that everybody mm. would want to instantly use them as the payment processor, wouldn't it? It does seem that way. It does seem that they would be able to corner the market very quickly. And what if, what if they were uh, scalable because they used a new tech stack instead of one developed in the nineties? Uh, Ooh, really crazy stuff. <laughs> very. You know, all, all of fintech is very fucking old, man. Like they yeah, really, they, they really not. don't. Like fintech and logistics are probably the two industries that have really been hesitant to uh roll out new tech with this, this sort of like a epic like do shit fast break things soy jack rate that uh silicon mm-hmm. valley likes and you can tell because most of fintech honestly is coming out of new york still right because yes. they're still finance adjacent enough even though they're theoretically tech right but uh and anything that goes on in new york basically uh it, it it doesn't it's count. The same as it been. Yeah, it doesn't count if it 90s. was if it was created uh, within the last ten years. Like they just don't believe that it can work or function. Mm-hmm. Well, I am on this note. I am fading. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can tell you've been fading I'm, for the last my hour. 
Yeah. My energy, but my energy. You, I did actually, is yours totally, is going up. Totally fine, right? Yours is going just fine. You're zooming. But I, I did actually like the topic. I'm just, my energy level is going down. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to hold it against you if you're getting bored to sleep by the things that I'm talking I'm about. I'm not getting here. bored to sleep. This is actually all I do all day is to write about tech and right finance. About fintech, so, yeah. Fintech, tech, finance, infosec. So actually, this is actually I, might, I might want to be talking to you about some of this later off of the stream. Oh, yeah. When we're not. For sure. When we're not recorded. Honestly, I, I should ask actually feds, about feds, bro. Yeah. For- when he gets older, he won't sound like this anymore. Like, 